Hello and thank you again for tuning in to the Okinawa Karate Podcast. I'm Josh Simmers coming to you from the birthplace of Karate Okinawa, Japan. This is the audio version of the video that I've previously posted to YouTube on January 7th. The interview itself takes place on January 6th. This is the interview with Mr. Ulf Carlson where we sit down and we talk about Kishimoto D. I need to apologize up front because my voice does not come through very clear in this in this recording. Um, Ulf's voice does come out quite well, and that's more important. I'd rather you hear what he has to say, but there's some times where I'm asking questions or trying to get clarification. It's a little bit hard to hear me, and I do apologize for that. Uh, I've tried to adjust it the best I can, but we were both on the same microphone, so I can't just adjust my voice there. Uh, but I also want to clarify, uh, Ulf was, was giving his his history rather quickly because we were on a tight time crunch so as he was going through explaining his early days of training I don't know if it came out so clear but he trained in a system called Taido T-A-I-D-O if you want to uh, research this and the sensei that, that founded that system is Shukumine Seiken and when Ulf Sensei mentions that name sometimes it's not so clear to hear it as you research this on your own, which I hope you do, and as you hear Ulf speaking about it, you'll understand a little bit more about how his training in Taito led him to the roots down in Okinawa to find Higa-sensei at the Bugeikan and what he is now training in called Kishimoto-D. So once again, I hope you enjoy the podcast. As always, please send me an email, any questions, comments at josh at okinawakaratepodcast.com. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Thank you and happy listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Okinawa Karate Podcast. I'm Josh Simmers coming to you from the birthplace of karate, Okinawa, Japan. Once again, I have the pleasure of sitting in the Asato Dojo. Thank you very much to my good friend, James Pankovich, which, by the way, tomorrow is the one-year anniversary of the Asato Dojo. So please take time to send James and Becca a message. And on behalf of the dojo, say happy birthday. Today's podcast might be a little bit different for most of the listeners. Um, The person sitting to my right is perhaps not world famous yet, Uh, is not seen at all of the different tournaments bouncing around the world, is not seen at all of the high flashy seminars bouncing all around the world. However, after spending nine hours doing nothing but my Hanchi Shodan, I will tell you that this is the man you need to hunt down and you need to train with, Mr. Wolf Carlson. Thank you very much for being here, sir. We appreciate it. Thank you. I'd like to start out if we can and get a little bit of a rundown of your history. Sure. So I started training in Taito in 1984. It's in Japanese martial arts. So by 1992, I started to visit Japan quite regularly and train for for some of the more known Japanese teachers of that. And uh, in 1997, I stopped uh, competing and I started getting interested in the history. And um, as a result of that, I started to do quite much research about where it comes from and so on. And uh, the man who created Taito is an uh, Okinawan called Seiken Shukimine. And his main teacher was a man called Kishimoto Sokko, who lived roughly between 1869 and 1945. 
And uh, there's not so many people who train for Kishimoto Soccer. Uh, they estimate he had about 10 students, but we only know two survived the war and actually taught other people. So I decided that maybe I have to reach out to the other lineage still doing the Kishimoto material. And because of family issues and so on, I didn't manage to actually make it Okinawa until about 10 years ago, 19, uh, 2009. So I went to a dojo called Bugekan. And uh, <clears throat> Kishimoto Soko's second student was a man called Higa Seitoku. And uh, he passed away in 2006. But his son, uh, Higa Kiyohiko Sensei, who I met them 10 years ago, he, he still taught the material I was interested in. So it started out on a trial basis and uh, we worked from there. So I've been coming to Okinawa every year for the last 10 years, studying this. So you can say that the Kishimoto Soko material I have two liners for. The Higa family and the Shukumine family. The type of training that you did previous to this, say the name again. Taido. It's Taido. a Japanese martial arts, which of course came from karate, but it's still a little different. Okay, but similar enough in the sense that you had kata that we would maybe be familiar with? No, not really, because they're, partly we call it hokey, but they're newly created to fit title. Uh, and um, the interesting thing is that while he, before title had a martial art called Gensri Karate, uh, in some ways title is actually closer to old material than the karate part even though we don't preserve the, the, the kata. So the kata that Shukumine brought with him from, from uh, Kishimoto Soko is Nahanshi, Pasai, and Kushanko, which are three, three rather known kata. Yes, yeah. So the kata that, <clears throat> that you named, Nahanshi, Kusanku, and Pasai, of course, are very well known. What's interesting <clears throat> for me, I think, is that the uh, dojo, let's call it, or the the style is not so well known. Um, now you <clears throat> you came to Okinawa uh, in search of of Higa Sensei, or in search of the 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 Bukeikan that yes. you had already. You, how did you learn about this this dojo? Well, basically, we knew about it from uh, Mark Bishop's book, uh, Okinawa Karate. And uh, I also, yeah, this it's there somewhere. somewhere look look yeah. for B. <laughs> it's in the beginning there somewhere. Some should be here somewhere. And um, I actually met, met Mark Bishop. So we had seminars with Mark in 2006, 2007, and 2008. Um, but he, uh, while he did a lot of uh, other material, he didn't know much of the material I was interested in. So that's why we knocked on the door at, at the Bowie Camp. Uh, and after a couple of weeks of uh, try and error, his sensor said, you can come every day and train. So okay. it's been that way. And, uh, and then the following year, I went back with a friend of mine called uh, Kongitsu, who'd been actually visiting Bugekan for one evening in 2006. So we were here 2010 and 2011, I think. And in 2012, I brought some other friends. So we've been coming here a group. So in November, we were about nine people. And I returned home in December, so I've been here a little longer this year. So tell me about the transition from that previous style into 
into the training with Higa Sensei, what sparked your interest, or what made you, what gave you a desire to to come here to learn that, versus staying where you were and doing what you were doing? Well, in in a way, I'm still kind of connected with Taito. I'm, I'm the chairman of the Swedish Taito Association, and, and I still teach it. I don't train it as much, but I still teach it. Uh, well, it's more. It began actually like uh, try to get a better understanding of the material and the history. But when we came there and, and started to learn their way of doing it, uh, because I met some of the kata before in, in Gensuri. I'd actually done the Kushanko kata for about 10 years, the Gensuri version. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I tried the Pasai uh, kata at one point. So. Um, when I came here, I didn't have much expectations, but when it taught me the variations they taught here, as well as um, the techniques related to it and the dr drills or, or mm. two-man training, we were in the beginning quite uh, we were quite amazed about how the close connection between the kata, the teaching methods, and and the applications. And we okay. thought this is interesting enough to to actually save. At least one more generation. Yeah. So we started to train and teach it uh, more and more, and we'd make a decision in 2011 that maybe we should go a little more public with it. Okay. So, for instance, when I first came here and asked about Pasai, so and said, "Oh, I taught about five people Pasai." So, because most of the five already stopped training, it was on the verge of dying out, and that was one reason we said that maybe we should have a little more, little more people mm -hmm. involved. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, maybe 20 people today do, do the Pasai version, but the point is, we, it's, we're getting there. There's a little more people concerned about yeah. the future of it, and we still try to research it. Higa-sensei uh, is open to new students now then still coming in. Uh, how does the in invitation or the introduction process go? It, it depends on how you mean. I mean, I, I can bring students, uh, but uh, usually it doesn't take on newcomers okay. so for total new people there there usually has to start out with the sun and, okay. and, and go through the buikai system because they teach more material than, than the Kishimoto lineage okay what do they teach in in in, in the Bugei Khan uh, uh, yes the <coughs> thing is if we go through the history so he got Seitoku trained for uh, for Kishimoto in the 1930s part 32 to 37 for five year period about five years and then uh, he went up to Japan to uh, for his education. He became a lawyer. Okay. And uh, there he trained with, for instance, uh, Toyama Kankin. And uh, later on also received uh, some kind of, uh, I forgot what it's called, but it's Shihan Menkyo of some kind, mm -hmm. which made him able to, to gradu graduate people or give, give exams. Um, so when he came back to Japan in 1950 after war, he I think he started a dojo in 1951 or 52 actually, and by 1955 56 he started training Yamaneri for Shin and Masami. Okay. For a period of about five years, in the same way he trained for Kishimoto. We went over to his house for every day for five years. Okay. Just drilling the material. And then in 1961 he started an association called Okinawa Kobudo. Uh, which was mainly to preserve old Okinawa material. And um, he also then, at a, in that time frame, he met uh, Uehara Seikichi, who taught 
uh, was called Motobuden. Now today it's called Motobudundi. Mm -hmm. So from 1961 he trained with him. Uh, about 15 years, I would say. Uh, of course, they had an association together. So, <clears throat> as they collected more and more material in, in, in the dojo, he decided to have a, a non riha name. So, by 1967, they adopted the name Buge Khan, okay. which means Hall of Martial Arts. Okay, Hall of Martial Arts. Okay. And uh, the son, <clears throat> my sensei, Kyoiko sensei, have trained more materials, so for instance, from one of the instructors in the same association, and by 1967 it changed name to Senokinawa, Karate Kobudo Rengo Kairins, the full name. So we trained for uh, Nakakanda Kari Kanso, who had been a student of Hanashiro uh, Shomi. So he trained those materials, and uh, he also trained a little for Nakama Shoso and learned Goju Shiho and Jihon from him. Okay. And he also actually trained a little for Tomiki Kenji and learned his Aikido. Okay. So he, he learned more material. But me personally, I don't study all of that because it's quite much. Yes. Yeah. So I focus on the Kishimoto-D and lately I've also done some Yamanuri. And um, at Buikan they teach quite much Tobudundi, uh, so I've done that. And they also have some other material like uh, Higa Seitoku made an own art called Shindori, which uh, is still taught, but I don't really train it. That's a, uh, the style called Shindori? Yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, you had mentioned <clears throat> the Hanashiro. <clears throat> yes. Sprout or lineage, and then the Kishimoto. Yes. And under Kishimoto, you have how many kata? How many empty hand kata? Yeah, so we have four kata. So it's <coughs> Nahanshi, Pasai, and Kushanku, and that's an additional kata called Nidanbu. Nidanbu. Yes, and it's it's kind of having uh, connecting parts from Nahanshi, Pasai, and Kushanku. It gives additional methods how to to use those three more classical kata. I don't know if you can see that. There's a little bug flying in front of us here. Nidanbu. <coughs> so Nahanshi, Pasai. Kushanku, well-known names. Yes. Yeah? Nidanbu is not. Yes. At least for me, it's yes. not. Yeah? So, this was originated by... Well, that's we actually don't know. Okay. But it could be Kishimoto or it could be as uh, his teacher as well. Okay. So I'm not sure how we how much we talked about that yet. I already forgot what we are talking about. But so Kishimoto... Sege <clears throat> Shumin uh, never mentioned a teacher for Kishimoto, but according to Higa Seitoku, uh, the name of Kishimoto Soko's teacher was Tachimura. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> the earliest mention of, of uh, Tachimura is done in a, in a Ryukyu Shinpo, which was a newspaper for Okinawa, in an article from 1914 by Gishin Funakoshi, uh, called Okinawa no Bugi, which was a three-part article and talked about uh, probably the memories from Asato Anko, who had passed away by then. And Asato Anko would probably be roughly the same same generation and same years, living the same years as uh, as this Tachimura. So in the article it talks about uh, Tachimura coming from Tobaru, which is an area up in Shuri. And a certain Tachimura went to Satsuma and learned Judo, which could be Yutsu, but it says Judo. Mm. 
but his father, Bushi Tatsumura, trained for a Todo Sakugawa. Okay. So a possible lineage is that we have Todo Sakugawa teaching Bushi Tatsumura, teaching Kishimotsoko, who then trained Higa Seitoku and Shugumine Seiken. Okay. So <clears throat> we can come pretty long back in history by a few generations because they were quite old, all of his teachers, when I started mm-hmm. teaching. So you do not train in the uh, Hanashiro uh, line. We've, we've discussed before the interview that you've, you've helped actually translate and, and teach some of the kata. When people come in, they need a translator. Yes, some, sometimes I helped out with, with, with uh, other people who, who actually train the Hanashiro material. I don't really do that. So sometimes I walk through the kata helping out with the translation. It doesn't really mean I train it, but yeah. maybe I did. For instance, this year was Gion, and uh, and another year was Jitte. With the children's practice, I I step through Pinan Nidan a time or two, but I don't basically train the material. I know a little of it, and if I see something interesting, I sometimes ask, why are it done the way it's done? So it's more to understand why it's encoded as encoded in the kata, but basically I don't train or teach that material. So you have your uh, four empty hand kata yes. from Kishimoto D, and then you also train uh, the the kobodo uh, yes. Yamani Ryu. Yamani only bow. They're only bow kata. They are so so <coughs> you have Shujin Okon, and you have uh, Sunakach <coughs> Show and Dai, and you have uh, also Shirotarnakon, Sagaranakon, and Yonibarakon. So, in total of six kata. Okay, six weapons. And uh, I haven't done all of them yet, so, so <clears throat> yeah, so I do four of these six. But. Okay. So, I would like to uh, discuss some of the empty hand kata if we can, because sure. we spent, I, I mentioned when we opened here, nine hours. I missed one of your seminars. Yeah. would have been closer to 12 hours. Yeah. Uh, but I had to play Santa Claus. Uh, but nine hours of Naihanshi kata. Yes. And I, I don't think we ever really went through the full kata, right? I mean, we did the full kata, yes. practicing it, but when it came to the applications... Yes, we, uh, we haven't really... Yeah. Uh, okay, so because we had n- new people at all, almost all seminars, we had to do some repetition, of course, but... Uh, yes, there... Nahanshi is a really interesting kata, because it's the base kata, it both contains the basic movements, but because they're basic, they also have the most possible variations, which make that there is some <clears throat> some uh, applications that are more fundamental than others, but the variation of them are quite many. Mm. I think I read somewhere that uh, Uyata Seiyu said that it could be like two, three hundred applications to be found in Ahanshi alone. I cannot vouch for that, but it's not impossible. Right, right. And... Uh, the higher up you come, I mean, if you do Pasai and Kushanku, they're quite more specific, so you don't have as many possible variations. They're kind of clearer in a way what, what you do. Uh, but again, in, in, in the material we teach, uh, the Pasai and Kushanku kind of builds from the Nahanshi, so it's, it's the natural starting point. And I would say we spend most of the time working with Nahanshi-related material. Most of the time with that, because, and you mentioned this during the seminar, and I'd like to dig into it just a little bit more in the podcast if we can, about 
the building block from Naihanji into Pusai and into Kushanku. Um, and it, I can't say that I've necessarily heard as many people talk about it as you have, and I appreciate that because you've demonstrated it, right? Just very the tip of the iceberg here, but uh, is that something that Higa Sensei also talks about, or is this something from your own study that you have started to analyze more of, hey, this really is the foundation here in Naihanji? No, 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 this is what I've been taught. And of course, <clears throat> the differences in, in how I teach it mainly, uh, and maybe understand as well, because I had previous training in the, in the Shugumina lineage, I might have another angle, and I also have some material to, to compare with. So sometimes, uh, besides the material coming from the Bukan lineage, I also use the material I know come from Shugumini lineage. For instance, you have some material found in books, and you have some material found in some videos. And of course, I train with them as well, so some material uh, that I got directly from it. So the difference is sometimes I added my understanding by having two lineages from mm -hmm. the same from the same teacher. And that's also the reason why you call it Kishimodadi, instead of referring to either Higa lineage or, or the Shukumin lineage, we go back to the first common uh, ancestor, which is Kishimoto Soko. Kishimodadi yes. is the name, uh, who, who who brought in the name Kishimodadi? Because we have the Bugeikan. Yes, from, uh, yeah, from and the Bugeikan calls it the Bushitachimura Kishimoto Soko then the tradition of uh, Tachimura and Kishimoto. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, basically, Shugumi never used a name for it. When he talked about the Nahanshi Pasai Kushanku, he talks about Kori Kata, which is old-style Kata, basically. Yeah. So the name Kishimoto D was actually suggested by me to okay. have something short to refer to. Sure. And, and, and D, which means hand, can also <clears throat> be methods or... So it's kind of the methods of, of Kishimoto Soko. So it's just a descriptive name. It's not, yeah. it's not really deep. Yep. And the other reason we call it Kishimoto D is because this was taught in the 30s and 40s. So we're not entirely sure if he called it anything more than T or T. Uh -huh. okay. Probably he didn't use Tode or Karate. or So probably it was only called Han. Yeah. Yeah. And, and okay. that, that's the basic reason to have kind of a of a fitting time yeah. perspective uh -huh. to, to the naming. Okay. Uh, and that's basically the reason, the hand of Kishimoto or the, the technical material of Kishimoto Soko. Yeah. So okay. it's only descriptive, it's nothing fancy sure. about it. Yeah. But the, the, the kata that we, we practiced, Naihanchi, yes. but you'll call this Tachimura. Nahanshi. Naihanchi. Well, basically we call it Nahanshi. But, okay. but, but when we talk about it, for instance, so in in the, in the Hanashiro system, because they have Hanashiro, Shomon, and Hanshi, Shodan, Nidan, and Sandan, yeah. so they use Tachimura and Hanshi to see the difference. To differentiate. Yes, so, so because we only have one Hanshi, yeah. we, we just call it Nahanshi. It's, it's more that when people ask, is it from Itose? No, it's from the Kishimoto lineage, and and it's called in Bugekan, it's called Tachimura and Hanshi. But probably the, the naming of Tachimura and Hanshi is started by Higa Seitoku as, okay. a, as a method to explain which Nahanshi. Okay, all right.
right? Uh, <clears throat> and just so the, the viewers understand yeah. and listeners, I'll post some links. <clears throat> but one of the things that's interesting to me is, of course, we had, I trained Nahachi yeah. Shodan Idan Sandan, yeah. right, left, right yeah. movement. And Tachimura uh, Nahachi is, is left, right, left, right? Right, left, right, correct, I should say. Not right, left, right, right. Uh, so it's a little bit different than I think what most people are probably familiar with. Even yeah. some of the Shodan Ryu styles will initiate a look to the left and then move to yeah. the right. There are a few other systems that, that starts to left, like uh, maybe the most famous is Motobu Kempo yep. from Motobu Shoki. Yep. Uh, they start to left, but sometimes they start to right because it doesn't really matter. And I think also Ishinri starts to left, uh, maybe a few others which I can't remember. Because you do the same thing to both sides, yeah. it doesn't really matter, but traditionally we start to left. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Ulf, if someone uh, wanted to track you down, yes. um, either in Sweden or anywhere else, how would they go about getting a hold of you? Well, they can either go for you or yeah. for Jens Pankovic. Yeah. Or just look me up at the Facebook internet somehow. Okay. I'll I'm not that hard to get out. Hard. I don't think so. And for the people that might be listening that live in the States, well, first of all, you have a seminar coming up in Sweden yeah. this year, 2019. Yes, yes. And this is when? Well, we have the biggest summer seminar in, in uh, June, but we'll have as a weekend seminar a little more often. Okay. Um, so they can be on the lookout for a seminar in June. For those that live in America, yes. or can get easier access to, the, to America, to the States, you'll be in the southern part of the United States in 2020. Yes. Uh, Yes, for instance, uh, probably in Phoenix, the two, first two weekends of February in 2020. Okay. And uh, I most likely will be in Australia in 2021. Otherwise, I'm mostly being in Europe or okay. Okinawa. <laughs> or Okinawa. Yeah. You've got this, uh, I don't know anybody else that plans it out to 2021. That's pretty good. Um, in, your, in your opinion, what is the uh, ideal number of kata that people should should have in their arsenal or should focus on? Well, I don't really have an opinion on what other people do that way. I, I have a personal... What does Ulf do? Yeah, I have a personal <laughs> saying that free to fight kata is training and more is an hobby. More is a hobby. Yeah, and it's nothing wrong with having a hobby. Yeah. I just differentiate a little because it's hard to to really go deep if, if you spend much time in, in real actually just try to remembering the material yeah yeah so uh, I think first you spend the time on learning kata and you can't really start training it until you learned the what technique it contains and uh, and the principle you work with and how to do it yeah. so when you got that you can start to train it and I think it's basically <coughs> the same with most skills it doesn't matter if it's <clears throat> jerk and clean or whatever, you kind of have to learn the method before you get into the heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, which is interesting because like, <laughs> I was joking, well not joking, I was telling you the truth, um, that we had done the first session three hours, and my sensei knew I was here, and yeah, what'd you guys do Josh? Uh, not you showed on, the three hours? 
you know, and then uh, after the second session, it was even my wife was asking, what'd you do? And how'd you show done? Yeah, for like five hours. But <clears throat> it's not just doing the kata. Yes. Back and forth, back and forth, back and yeah. forth, back and forth. It's the application. Maybe we actually did too little of kata training because we did too much of the pair exercises. But that's, that's usually what you want to do when you get around in a group. Because I view kata as a training method you can do on your own. Yeah, so you had said this a couple times, and I think that's an interesting point, is that uh, you view kata as your homework. Right? Yes. This is what you should be doing at home. Yeah. This is what you should be doing on your own. Yes. When you come to the dojo or come to training time, we need to get past that yes. and get right into yes. putting it to work, the yeah. application. Is, is I, that I mean, okay, it's kind of demanding on the students, and this might be different if you into sports, but... For more traditional use, I think you can do the stretching or actually the uh, most other types of, of body training on your own or, or outside the dojo. When you meet in dojo, you try, probably would like to do the martial parts of, yeah. it, of pair training yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Do the application. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Um, that, that something just popped in my head I wanted to ask you now. Sure. Now that, now that slipped but um one one thing i want to ask you is have you always you're quite the researcher um if people didn't know that i hope they start to dig into your information well, that you I, provide. I, I i kind of would say that i became a researcher because i i wanted to learn more about my part only to begin with okay and, and, and that was my yeah where i was coming from were you always this way or did something pique your interest? Well, it, uh, it was more that I, when I started to look into things, things were not as well um, researched as I thought. Because sometimes when you read a book, you just take it at first glance and, okay. And then you start to question a lot of things and then you have to dig deeper. And sometimes like, when did this first appear? And who said it first? When was this mm -hmm. further writing? Mm -hmm. and, and you have to go to more knowledgeable people. And sometimes like, no one seems interested in just this part, and then you have to do the, do it yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm a lazy person. I prefer if other people research it, and I just can benefit from it. But uh, sometimes you have to do it yourself. I yes. prefer that you research it. Yeah, and you and see, that you share it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't know if you were always this type of person uh, in all aspects of your life, or if it was only with uh, with karate, or only with uh, digging into old Okinawa martial arts? Well, so, sometimes maybe it gets too brainy, but I feel it's, if you understand the material, it's easier to do it. It's just the way I function. So, mm -hmm. so kind of have to have a, some kind of understanding of it. And, and, uh, like, sometimes when you see something strange, you get, why is it done this way? Mm -hmm. What's the reason for it? And when it comes to, like I said, the historical pauses, sometimes like, when did this actually start? From when? From who? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of involved, and sometimes you you actually research stuff that's mostly outside of your own interest, but you have to do it anyway, just to just to have a hinge about it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, a lot of the research I have, I'm not sure I ever publish it. Okay. It's more, more for my sake. Have you come across anything, and you don't... Well, I'd like it if you said it. 
but if you come across to anything that you know we hear about as a common story or common truth that you've researched and said this is just absolute garbage well I, I think quite much has become truism someone writes it and someone copied it and after a while it became yeah, a truism becomes true yeah, yeah and 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 until you question it it might be true and yeah. then you said can't be yeah. that can't be correct yeah. because the timeline on us add up or doesn't make sense from other perspective and, <clears throat> and also sometimes you realize that to understand something you need a better pre-understanding and, and then you go, have to go hunt that so for some some understanding you might need some language understanding mm -hmm. or or context a cultural context mm -hmm. <clears throat> so okay why was this happening at this time was it because uh, the Ryukyu kingdom was ended and and, uh, and Okinawa Ken was started mm -hmm. for instance there's a lot of big social changes so, mm -hmm. so it was not a climate and uh, you, you when you have some language skills and when you have some cultural understanding some patterns will, will appear and also in the beginning I heard a lot that there is no information everything burned down with mm -hmm. the invasion mm -hmm. of, of Okinawa and, uh, while a lot got lost, there's still much research to be made. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, in the in the Kafu, in the, in the Ryukyu Kingdom, they kept a lot of. Uh, in the gentry, they had to have. A, uh, uh, I forgot the technical name now. The English escapes me here. So the family recorded with with. Uh, the kingdom, how how the f family was transmitted over time, so you have records dating from the 1500s down to 1879, and not all of them been translated to English. Maybe most of them have never been translated mm -hmm. to English. Of course, not all of them are interesting for the karate research, but a few of them are. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, we we found the. Uh, for the family register for, for the Tachimura family and we put some time and effort in to translate it. I'm not sure we ever will publish it <coughs> because there is also a privacy issue to take it, sure, to take sure. it off even if it ends at 1879 so we have to be considerate because it's just three families that, that had kind of have the name of Tachimura. Was there <laughs> yeah, but is there other family members in the Tachimura line that also trained? Do we have information? Yeah, on that? yeah basically. I mean, <clears throat> okay. So in the Tachimura line, uh, we have one person we believe is the intended Bushi Tachimura. It could equally be his cousin born the same year, but we have a favorite suspect to speak, uh -huh. and his father and his grandfather was both gods at the Tamarudun, which was the was the great place for the Shaw family, the, the King's family. Okay. And a previous generation, I forgot if it was grandfather, father, or even grandfather, grandfather, uh, was <clears throat> high in the reception of, of uh, the Saposhi in 1756, which some claim is the year when, when the person, Kushanku, was in Okinawa. Yeah. And there probably was no transmission of, of Kushanku by then, but it's still interesting that one family member of Tachimura was also having a high post at that reception. 
there was also some Tachimura who was involved in, in uh, dancing. So yes, because the Tachimura family comes from a really old family, from uh, an early king's son, so they're kind of part of the whole Shaw family history as well. Mm. <clears throat> when did you start learning Japanese? Okay. When did you start to study it? Uh, I studied Japanese when I was in university, so... Uh, because well, of your interest when, when, when in martial was this? arts? Yeah, it was because of my interest in martial arts. So, okay. uh, I was in Japan first time in 1992, and, and we had... We didn't know any Japanese, and we had a little... Uh, I found it really interesting, because if you, for instance, travel in Europe, even if you don't know languages, you kind of get the culture and yeah. what you see. Yeah. but. There was a lot of unknowns when we came to Japan, yeah. uh, especially the further back in time you go. But uh, even in 1992, there were some cultural clashes, yeah. which I was for, thought was quite interesting. So I started to learn Japanese in 1993. So I started it <coughs> first in, in uh, Bexo University and then in Göteborg University and then part in Lund University. And, uh, in 1999 and 2000, I was an exchange student to Waseda University in Tokyo. So I spent one year in Tokyo. And while I didn't major in, in language in any way, it was still a way of, of uh, some studies at least. And then uh, because I was married to a Japanese woman who for five, period, for five years worked at Dosha University in, in Kyoto. <coughs> so we had an apartment in Kyoto for those five years. So besides traveling for for training, uh, I also in my private life spent quite a lot of time off the mainland Japan. And uh, while I intended to visit earlier, I, I visited uh, Okinawa and, and started research about about uh, the Okinawa part of our lineage first in 2009. Okay. So yes. So from 1992 to 2009, I spent much time in Japan, but not on Okinawa. Interesting. So, the, yeah, that <coughs> you don't have the language barrier that some other people <coughs> that some other people well, might have. I, I kind of do. I mean, my Japanese is not that great. Yeah, and I but forgot it's pretty. About. It's pretty good. I mean, you read, write, and speak. Uh, it's it's in some know, fashion. Yeah, in some fashion. But I, I think that's very beneficial for your. So, so yeah. And, and so sometimes I can I can understand some strange old Japanese words, but I mess up some everyday Japanese because you <laughs> do don't that. forget in a certain pattern. I do that with English. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell me what what is the meaning of uh, and I'm going to butcher this. Isun hazureru. Isun hazureru is basically avoided by an sun, and a sun is three point three centimeters, so it's Basically, a little more than an inch. 3.3 centimeters. So avoid by 3.3 centimeters. Yeah, it's, it's an inch. Yeah. You can say. Avoid by an inch. Uh, you had mentioned this several times during the seminars. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's, a, it's a way of thinking as we enter. You want to enter, but you don't want to avoid by a mile. You want uh -huh. to avoid by an inch. So uh, just so the viewers understand, back to actually applying the application of the kata, one of the challenges that I had um, was getting getting out of this 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 zone of being this far away yes uh, doing the applications to getting right in there and I noticed especially when I'm working with you 
uh, if we don't punch you, go right for your nose, mm. you stop us and, and, and correct us, right? And avoid uh, by an inch, not a mile. So that's a, a key takeaway that I have uh, from the seminar. But there's another one here. Attack and defend at the same time. Is yes, Kobo Itai. Kobo Itai. Yeah, and uh, that's, that's very I think all martial arts have it, and you find it in writings uh, from early Japan. Um, an example of it in writing in English is a book by Carl Friday about Kashimari, I think. I forgot the title of the book, <clears throat> but there he lines out these things like Kobo Ittai and, and uh, even uh, Taigi Ittai. Um, but that doesn't mention Eastern Hasurero, though. It doesn't. Yeah. Um, but is this this the same concept of there? There is no. I mean, we've heard this before. There is no block, right? There's no. There is. There is no hard block. There's a receive and attack at the same time. And and I've heard, I think a, a similar translation or a similar saying is sen no sen, but. It might not be the same exactly. No, not not really the same because the sen no sen or, or go no sen or as <coughs> such is about timing. Uh, of course, it's related, but it's a little different. Kobo itai mm-hmm. means you have you have to have defense offense simultaneously. Okay, so sen no sen then it, it, the t- what is it? What do you explain to me? What do you mean that has to do with timing? What does the it, translation it, mean? It, okay, so between you and opponent. When you defend in time, so for instance, Gonosen is after his attack, yeah, and then you have during his attack, and then you have preemptive. Uh, you come in free, just before, preempt, yeah. yeah, preemptive. Yeah. So you have those three kind of standard timings. Okay, okay. I so got it's you. so it's I partly how you read the opponent and, yeah. and what fits the situation. I got you. Okay. So right. yeah, so that's that's a little other concept actually. Okay, all right. And the last one that you had mentioned. Uh, Taigi Yes, Taigi Ichi. Ichi. Taigi yeah, Ichi. Taigi or, or Taigi Tai basically the same thing. So Tai is body and Gi is technique, Vasa. So <clears throat> they should be performed together so you don't separate them. And basically it's both for power generation but also for for the timing. Can you, how can we give an example? I'd like, I'd like the listeners and the viewers to get an understanding of this. Um, so, what you strive for when you train, so as the opponent comes, you want to have all these free. You want to avoid slipping by just by an inch. You want to enter, but not avoiding with too much safety. So you just slip in. Another one, you should be able to perform your defense as as sim- simultaneous as your offense. So you slip by, you guard or you receive or you even block at the same time as you counter. And the counter can be a takedown or it can be a punch or another type of hit. And the defense can either be a, a receiving or avoiding. And uh, you do it by entering, so your body enters in. And as your body enters in, your technique is applied. Okay. So you want this free to kind of a, in a Venn diagram yeah. to be together. Yeah. They should happen, all of them. I, after going to your seminar, I've watched some of your videos online, and I think you could, uh, other people can go now and, and perhaps watch them. If they didn't train with you, they might not be able to pick it up the same way. 
but we did a drill today at the very end of our training. I think it was one of the last things. Um, and everybody has this, um, almost everybody has a move, maybe in one of the pinons or maybe in Kusanku or something where we come in, it looks like Shuto, Shuto, right? Yeah. And when you demonstrated that on me, I could perfectly feel that the body. body coming yes. in. Yeah, it was like a freight train coming in. And your hands were just there. It wasn't the hand technique. Then the body comes after. Yes. There was very clear. And I I think, you know, it's important to be able to feel that. Unfortunately, not everybody can do it. Well, with training, I think everyone can do it. But I no, get your point. I don't think so because other people I partnered with, and myself also, yeah. could not do it. It's a matter of training. It's a matter of training, yeah. 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 But, but yeah, I, I think, like, again... When you have the understanding of what you want to achieve, it's easy to do it, yeah. and that's kind of my my teaching today. That you have a kata, which is a training method. You have partner work, which is a training method. You have the application, which also is a training method. Yeah. It's all training to make you more and more <clears throat> able to perform these these things. And as I said, the theory should be. I mean, this theory should help you to achieve something. So they have to be simpler than reality. It's a generalization. Yeah. But the thing is, like the kata, the theory, or the whatever work, it's actually supposed to help you to get better. And, and hopefully it does. Yeah. yeah. And of course, like in this case, so the body, with the body mass enters in, and, and the arm is more having a structure to, to transfer this energy. And uh, because we meet, it's kind of a clash. But yeah. you want to meet in a way that makes it more beneficial to you, and, uh, and less so to the and other less uh, good for the <laughs> opponent. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 All right. I think we're we're gonna be getting kicked out of our makeshift studio here soon. Yeah. But I, I definitely want to thank you very much for taking the time. Well, we have to do it some more time another uh, we time. We will, we yeah. will, because you come back to Okinawa often enough, we're going to do it again. Yeah. Um, you know, this has been the Swedish invasion this week. I had Jesse and Camp Sensei yeah, on, the, sure, on that's the cool. podcast earlier. Actually, I met him for the first time Sensei. here in Okinawa. Yeah. So first time I met him was here in this dojo. Yep. Misato Dojo. Yeah. Place the place to be. Yeah, absolutely. Apartments upstairs, dojo bar across the street. Yeah. All, uh, all the crowd a guy can need. Yeah, pretty yeah. much everything you need right here. Great training facility. So, yeah. thank you. Son. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, nine hours of Naihanchi. Nine yeah, that's a good start. Nine years to go. <laughs> <laughs> or a lot more than that. But yeah. I really appreciate it, man. I think that people listening to that, uh, where I joke around about it, might, might kind of laugh or whatever. And I would have too. But it's not just doing the kata, kata, yeah, kata, yeah. kata, kata. It's applying it. Well, uh, yeah. Applying Everyone is welcome to seek it. me out and yeah. try it and see what they think for themselves. Yep. I'll put some show notes in there. People can find you. Yeah. People can dig a little bit more. Uh, there's a, actually a lot of demonstrations of Tachimura Nahanchi online. Yeah, sure. Um, that people can find. I would all, levels of, all levels of, of proficiency. All and, levels of proficiency. And, and also, I will say that we have a series that's called, <clears> like, Nahashi in interesting places would mean they do it in a different height or different yeah, countries. And, uh, yeah, and a few of them is quite good, and yeah. a few of them is like they're made. Different angles yeah. and uh, yeah. snow falling. And yeah, some, on airplanes. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. 
and, and uh, it's kind of an inside joke, yeah. but yeah, it gives you a pressure impression of what you're doing. Yeah, like also, like uh, we did the f- one in Finland when when it has Sibelius music, like Finnish music. <laughs> you, you have to see the yeah brings a new. Uh, aspect of the training though because you're not always going to be in the yeah it's not they're not chosen because they're perfect they're chosen because what we did yeah in 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 that time in the beautiful confines of the dojo yeah and and that's also kind of a part of it yeah because there is not much pleasure in watching watching the inside of a dojo at times so it's good to get outdoors and and perform like uh, when we were visiting china i did it in most strange places like the Forbidden City and the Chinese walls and in the Shaolin Temple and in uh, and, and the Shen village and uh, and few of them are publicly posted and a few is more for internal internal work but it was, it's a funny thing so yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's good training though yeah thank always you a pleasure thank you very yeah. much yeah Thank you for tuning in to the Okinawa Karate Podcast. I'm Josh Simmers coming to you from Okinawa, Japan, the birthplace of karate, and once again sitting here at the Asato Dojo. Have a good day. Well, there you have it, folks. The interview with Olaf Carlson talking about Kishimoto D, talking about Tachimura Nahanchi, his lineage, and I do need to make a clarification. In the beginning of the uh, podcast, in the opening of the my, my opening remarks, I had mentioned that we trained Nahanchi Shodan for several hours. Uh, we did not mistake there it is just called Naihanchi as as Ulf Sensei explained during the interview <clears throat> you can find it by searching Tachimura Naihanchi on the internet uh, so apologies for that because it is not Naihanchi Shodan they don't have Shodan Nidan Sandan like many other systems do um, it is only Naihanchi for them but uh, as always I really appreciate everyone listening and the feedback the thumbs up, the likes, the comments, keep them coming. I want to hear what you have to say, ideas for interviews, questions, anything out there. Let me know. Um, be happy to see if I can get certain people uh, to interview if you have any special requests. Other than that, keep listening. Happy training. Have fun. Be safe. Come see me in Okinawa. Take care.